praise the Lord today praise the Lord today somebody give God a shout of praise because he's worthy he's worthy to be blessed he's worthy of praise honor and glory hallelujah well, my name is Gerard Brooks and uh, I'm just here to worship the Lord and to give him glory we're going to sing praises to our king some of these songs you may have never heard before but after I leave you're going to you're going to know that you've heard them <laughs> amen but we're going to give God praise if that's okay uh, the first song that we're going to do is called glory to the king so I'm going to need everybody to just clap your hands and just get with it if even if you don't know it amen God bless you Put your hands together like this. We give God all the glory. What's up, Jay? Song says, Glory, 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 glory to the King. I think it's time to give the glory. Glory to the King. We lift you up. 
Somebody give him a shout. this place come on give him praise give him praise church I said give him praise church Woo. give him praise church say yeah yeah glory glory to the say yeah yeah glory say yeah yeah glory say yeah yeah glory glory to the say yeah yeah glory say yeah yeah glory did it wake you up this morning did it start you on your way is it good is it good is it good? Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up. Give him praise in this place. How many know that it's the blood that has redeemed us? It's the blood that has saved us. It's the blood that has set us free. Come on, let's give God praise for the blood. Now think about it. Think about it. The word of God says that while we were yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, when we weren't even thinking about God, God was thinking about us. With our crazy lowdown self, God still loved us. You know, that ought to be a good reason every single day to give God praise. If you can't think of nothing to give God praise for, you ought to praise him for dying for you, for sending his only son to redeem you from the hands of the enemy. How many have been redeemed in this place? Blood song. Woo! I came to praise you, y'all. That's okay. Hallelujah. The song is called The Blood Song. It goes like this. It says, Jesus Christ was a man who knew no wrong. A man who did no sin. But became sin. Died for sinful man. What an awesome price. An awesome price he paid. But he died for us. Anyway, Father, you Loved us so much, loved us so much. You gave your only son. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Your blood washed away all of our sins. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. I've never know why you love me, know why you never know why you care, never know why you care for your blood. Can I get a witness? Your grace is amazing, and your mercy 
You gave your only son. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Your blood washed away all of our sins. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. I never know why you love me. I'm going to let that sink in. Yeah, yeah. I never know why you love me. Out of all the things I said, out of all the things I did, oh, I never know why you love me. Can I get a witness? How many know that God loves you? Yes, He does. I never know why you love me. Undone, but you still love me. I said he still love me. I said he still love me. 
Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I never know why you love me. I never know why you cared. But thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Because your grace is amazing. say that again your grace is amazing anybody know about that grace grip my fallen soul well maybe y'all know this amazing grace how sweet stay right there come on sing it out church that's a rich like me, like me. I once, I once was lost. Come on, sing it, church. Was blind, but now, oh, oh. I never know why you love me. I never know why you care. But thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Your grace is amazing and your mercy never ends. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Woo! Y'all got excuse me. I get excited when I start. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain oh nothing but the blood of Jesus there is power power wondrous working power in the blood of the Lamb power power who wondrous working power in the precious blood of the lamb can I sing it one more time there is power power wondrous working power in the blood how many know there's power in the blood 
There is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Oh, I told Satan, you better get behind victory today is mine. <laughs> I know it was the blood. <laughs> Y'all don't sing these songs no more. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. Woo! I know it was the blood for me. It was my Savior's blood. Can I get a witness? It was my Savior's blood. It was my Savior's blood for me, for you and me. One day, one day when I was lost, Jesus died on that old rugged cross. And I know it was the blood for me they tell me that they whipped him all night long <laughs> they whipped him all night long they whipped him all night long for me come on think about it in your mind one day when I was lost Jesus died on that cross I know it was the blood for me. He hung his head and died. He hung his head and died. He hung his head and died. For who? Help me say it. One day when I was lost. He died. Come on, help me sing it. And I know it was for who? One last thing. It reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest. Oh yeah, oh the blood that gives me strength. How many know it's from day to day? It will never 
Come on, sing about it, y'all. And it flows to the lowest that, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh the blood that gives me strength, that gives me, how long it gives you strength? your hands and say it will never lose its power oh, it reaches it reaches to the highest hallelujah and it flows and it flows to the Lord oh yeah the blood that gives me strength from day come on sing it out y'all come on today it will never it will never lose it will never One last thing, one last thing. You brought me out. You brought me out. 
You brought me out. You brought me out. You brought me out. Now, just for a few moments, I just need everybody to just thank God for his blood. Come on. Come on, thank him. Come on, thank him. Come on, worship him. Come on, worship the Lord. Jesus loves me. Yes. Woo! Jesus loves me. Oh, yes. Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Something's moving in here. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes. Jesus loves me. Somebody might have not told you that they loved you. But I'm here to tell you that, yes. Jesus loves you. Somebody tell me why. Come on, worship the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. He's worthy to be blessed. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of your thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of your hallelujah. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Anything on fire can't be still if you're on fire for the Lord give him glory today give him glory today give him glory he's so good 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 rejoice and be glad in it thank you for the praise that has gone up before you today thank you lord for having the man of god to remind us of the blood of jesus it is not just something that we celebrate during this time of year because the date changes every year but the blood works for us every day and so we thank you today i thank you lord for the people who you've drawn from the north the south the east and the west to this building today i thank you for those who are watching online who cannot get to the house of god but in the name of jesus we set this atmosphere so that you can do what you want to do do it however you want to do it say what you want to say let people speak lord so that it seems as though you're talking to nobody else but them speak specifically to their situation speak specifically to what they're going through and whatever your people are going through you're about to help them to get through what they're going through angels of the lord go to work and bring the word of god to pass for them angels of the Lord go to work and release what's been held up for God 
God's people. Angels of the Lord, go to work and shower down blessings on your people today, God. And now we're ready to receive a life transforming, destiny accelerating, resource releasing, purpose positioning, grace gratifying, prosperity producing word from the Lord. Our hearts are attentive. Our ears are in tune. Our minds are alert. Our spirits are excited to follow the word wherever it leads. And devil, we put you on notice. We're about to hear the word. We're about to learn the word. We're about to live better because of what we hear. We're about to experience what we've never experienced. Say what we've never said. Do what we've never done. Go where we've never gone. And God's going to be glorified. Lord, let your people be edified. Let the devil be terrified and you be glorified. God, let your people be edified. Let you let the devil be terrified and you be glorified in the building. In the name of Jesus and everybody who believes, clap your hands, oh ye people, and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. And shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Woo. Hallelujah. Right before you're seated, right before you're seated, we ain't gonna have you standing long. So I was driving to church today and I was thinking of, of two words in my mind. I was, uh, we were listening to the news uh, accidentally while driving to church today, accidentally listening to the news. Uh, and uh, I heard over an advertisement, it was the word Congress. I heard the word Congress, but I immediately thought congregation. Just indulge me for a second. So I heard the word Congress, Pastor Warren, come across the radio, but I heard in my spirit the word congregation. So I said, well, Lord, there's got to be a connection between these two things. Uh, and I think that there is, that, that Congress is a congregation of lawmakers okay but a congregation is a congress of believers okay so since we're a congregation today I got a congress of believers I just asked for one thing today can I get your vote today can we unanimously uh, give God our vote of praise today that he is the feature presentation for the rest of come on congress come on congress let me get your vote today a unanimous vote that he is the feature presentation for the rest of the service today hallelujah once you have cast your vote you may be seated in the presence of the Lord <coughs> I honor God today what an awesome opportunity it is to be alive there are alarm clocks that are going off right now and people cannot hear them will never hear them again so what a privilege it is to be alive hallelujah and so the Bible says that let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It is not an invitation, it's a commandment. The Bible says let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It's not an invitation, it's a I got somebody who followed the commandment. The Bible says let everything that hath breath. I know we just read scripture and we're so used to reading and hearing it. But it's not an invitation, it's a commandment. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So if you've got a pause, you ought to have a praise. And whether that's a clap, whether that's a hallelujah, whether that's a thank you Jesus, I I'll wait right here. The Bible says... Because I can do a eulogy. I came ready. But the Bible says that let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So whether it's a clap, whether it's a hallelujah, whether it's a thank you, Jesus, you've got a command to praise the Lord. I have, um, I've been in church all my life. 
I've been to a whole lot of church services. I've been to a lot of different denominations. I've, I've preached in those services. I've been there to worship. But here is my concern with the body of Christ, and I'm going to slide into the word. But my concern with the body of Christ is I don't ever want what we do to become so routine that it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. Because we hear, so, we have memorized scriptures, but we ain't manifested them. I want us to manifest them. Because anytime we get an opportunity to, to wake up is an opportunity to praise God. And whether you feel like it or not, God never asked you how you felt. The fact that you're able to feel shows that God deserves the praise because dead people wish they could feel. I wish I had somebody who heard me today. And so if you look at the word praise, P-R-A-I-S-E, every time you praise God, there is a raise in your praise. You ought to feel better. You may have started off, I don't really feel that well today. I ain't feeling this today. It wasn't about, he wasn't feeling the cross, but he did it. He wasn't. No, seriously, it ain't the first time that somebody would have done something that they weren't feeling. But he did it. And I don't ever want us to become numb with the reality of family and bills and work and social media and sometimes up and sometimes down and sometimes level to the ground, all those other things that we say, that we miss the fact that he's called us to be his own. If you're married in this room or you're on your way to getting married or you have been married or something like that, you, you have borne somebody else's name at some point. It's, it's, it, hopefully it was nice. Hopefully it's still nice <laughs> for you uh, to, to walk under somebody's name because anything that bears somebody else's name, they provide for it. I wish I had somebody who believed God with me. So the fact that we bear the name of Jesus, he provides for that. When you bear somebody else's name, they protect you. You ain't stepping up on mine like that. We, we protect you. So the fact that we bear the name of Jesus, he protects us. He provides for you. Now, you talk to others like that. You don't talk to this. This one is mine. And so I don't ever want us to become so numb to the reality of everything that's going on that we forget who we are and whose we are. Can we praise God for that today? Amen. Enough with that, though, because that's not my task today. Uh, I thank God for being back at Consuming Fire Christian Center. I really appreciate my friend and brother. I'm going to be nice to him today, so I really appreciate my friend and brother and our senior pastor. Can we praise God for Pastor Keith Hudson, amen, and the woman of God who rides shotgun with him, Pastor Bernadette Hudson. Let's praise God for them, amen. I really appreciate, I echo what Pastor Warner said, that they open up their pulpit, but they don't open up their pulpit it just to preachers uh, and to others to give them an opportunity. They really open up their, their pulpit to expose the miraculous to the congregation. They, so, so miracles and signs and wonders and blessings and prophecies and all that kind of stuff flows forth. So when, when we're sitting in the congregation to receive, uh, he has brought some of the most profound preachers uh, in Christendom to this platform. I just happened to make a flyer or something today but he has brought some amazing people uh, and, and that shows that your pastor loves you not only does he give you his best from himself but he brings the best when he is not preaching so i celebrate you today sir i appreciate you for uh, asking your friend to come over today and minister the word while we're praising god can we praise god for the minstrel himself uh minister gerard brooks praise god for him <coughs> 
thank God I was excited when Pastor Hudson told me that my brother would be here to sing. This is not our first service uh, together, and I pray that the Lord continues to open doors for you and make ways for you, and I want God to open doors for you beyond microphones, like even in manuscripts. I'm going to stop because I don't want to get into a flow, but I want the Lord to open doors for you in addition to microphones, maybe in manuscripts. Amen. We talk about that later on, if you want to talk about that a little bit more. I thank God for uh, those who came to worship today, uh, those who came from Faith Central Church. Uh, I have uh, my associate pastor here who doubles as my mother. Uh, so praise God for her and for Sister Keisha and for Deacon Malachi and for some other church members and friends who are in the building. Praise God for my best friend in the back, Apostle Ramon Clark. Praise God for him. Amen. And Sister Bale, God bless you. And for everybody else who's in the house of the Lord, my big brother in the back, but he's kind of not a visitor, but I'm going to claim him today because I'm going to say he's here for me. Come on, let's go to the word of God today. So uh, I want to kind of start off, and I know it's Good Friday. I know it's in the middle of the afternoon. I know y'all love Jesus, your pastor, me, something. Y'all ain't had nothing better to do because it's, it's Friday afternoon in the middle of the day. Y'all could be buying your Easter ham and your eggs and your, your 50% off candy. So let me, let me help us get to that, but I do want to just drop a quick word of faith for us. Um, <clears throat> I have been sick for the last hmm, two weeks or so. This is the best that I have felt in like two weeks. I'm going to give it to y'all while I have it. Amen. And then we're going uh, we're gonna to get out of here. So I want to start this way. Uh, if you'd allow me to start, I want to start differently than just from reading the scripture. Um, but have you ever uh, needed something really quick and you didn't have it, like uh, a shirt or some shoes or some money, or hey, I need to make a quick run, but uh, I don't have any gas in my car, so let me borrow your car right quickly, and I'm going to go make this run, uh, and I'm going to be right back. Uh, it, it, I don't know if you've been there. I've been there while I've needed something. Hey, I need a pair of shoes for a second. Let me let me borrow that belt. Uh, let me hold on to $20. Uh, I plan to give it back, but let me just hold on to that. Because you only needed it for a moment, but it was important that you had it. So if you didn't have it, but you needed it, what did you do? You probably borrowed it. Have you ever had anybody to borrow anything from you? Now, I know, I know I'm going out here on a limb because it could be you could have somebody who's borrowed something from you who still owes you. I'm trying to stay, let's stay saved today in the house of God. Just, just follow my example. So if you've ever uh, needed something real quickly because you thought it was important to you, you probably borrowed it because it was not your intent to keep it forever, but you needed something really quick, but you didn't need it really long. So you, uh, if you have borrowed something or have been the one who has been the borrower or the lender, excuse me, that you gave it to a person with the expectation of getting it back. So I know if we're talking about money, you know, uh, I'm going to confess right now. It's Good Friday. Pastor Warren says so I'm going to confess and I'm at the altar. So the blood of Jesus is working this weekend. I, I have loaned some money to some people who it concerns me that I see them posting on social media how the Lord has blessed them. I'm sorry. Can you settle your debt with me and then I can celebrate with you about about how the Lord has blessed you. Maybe that's me. Y'all pray for me. I'm still being saved uh, by the blood of the Lamb. 
So I, I, I've seen that and they've been on vacations and they've been posting stuff and they're talking about, oh yeah, this is it and this is the best vacation of my life. And I'm like, can you just run my 200 and you can just go on with the best vacation of your life? Because the whole idea of borrowing something is that there is an expectation that you are going to get it back. If you're with me, somebody shout amen. So to borrow means to, to uh, use something or to have access to something without paying for it with the intent of returning it. How does this relate to what we want to talk about today? I'm so glad that you asked. I want to put a little bit of a spin on, on the Jesus story today because I believe that there were several things that Jesus borrowed. And remember, I told you the whole idea of borrowing something is with the intent that he is going to give it back. So if you're going to take notes today, the first thing I want you to know is that Jesus, he borrowed time. There are at least a few things I want to share with you about what he borrowed, but I'm going to get us to the cross. Make sure you pay attention to the side screens. I'm going to get us there in a moment, but I got to build there. So the first thing that Jesus borrowed was is that he borrowed time. Time. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, I'll just tell the Bible story for a moment. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So he borrowed time. What are you saying, Nelson? I'm saying that Jesus was in eternity, but in order for us, in order for him to die on a cross, he had to step out of eternity and step into time because if he hadn't died in due time we would have never had hope to live in eternity so what he did was is that he borrowed time but he never had the intention of keeping time because when you borrow something you want to use it but you're using it with the expectation that you're going to give it back it is impossible to house perfection in time come on Holy Ghost it is impossible for perfection to be housed in time but he temporarily borrowed time so that he could die in due season as your scripture says in order for us to have hope to live in eternity this is what the bible says the bible says that when we were without strength that in due time Christ died for the ungodly so the first thing that Jesus borrowed was that he borrowed time but the second thing that he borrowed is that he borrowed a body Come on, Nelson, where you see that the word says here, and I'm just going to tell the story. And I'm going to get on out the way. He, he borrowed a body because the Bible says in St. John chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and before him and without him, there was not anything made that was made. And when you go down to verse number 14, the Bible says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The, the glory of the only begotten of the father that was full in grace and truth so let me tell you what that scripture really meant it meant was is that if Jesus was going to come to earth he had to have an earth suit so if he was going to come to time he had to have a suit that can clothe him but because nothing on earth was worthy to form him the tailors in heaven got together and they crafted a body because if he was going to borrow time he also had to borrow body and he had 
had to borrow a body so he can be absolute God without failing to be absolute man at the same time so when he went on the cross and heaven and earth shut down that sign would still keep rolling because he is the architect of time but yet he borrowed time and he had to borrow a body so the word became flesh flesh didn't make the word but the word made the body he borrowed time he borrowed a body but he also borrowed parents <laughs> what you talking about Nelson he borrowed parents the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 1 verses 8 through 21 the Bible says now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise that when the mother Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph before they came together she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost and her husband Joseph was a just man a man of integrity not willing to make of her a public example was he thought about putting her away privately but the angel of the Lord came and tapped him in the middle of the night in a dream and said hey look Joe this ain't got nothing to do with you dog I'm just, I just happened to be can I can I say it like I want to say look Joe this ain't got nothing to do with you man uh, I'm just using you I'll need you I'm using Mary this ain't got nothing to do with you she ain't go out and cheat on you you ain't got to do nothing but just stick with the game plan because in order for Jesus to come and for Jesus to be the father of a humanity and the father of creation he needs to borrow a family he won't need it long Joe he gonna need it for about 33 and a half years but he needs to borrow a family because what sense does it make for me to let him borrow a body and for him to borrow time but he ain't borrow parents now let's really tell the story because I know we read the story once again Jesus had a mother, a heavenly father, and a stepfather. Come on, let's just tell the story. Jesus had a mother whom he came through her birth canal, a heavenly father who planted him in her birth canal, and a stepfather who was tripping out because he thinking, it ain't mine, but this got to be the coolest thing in the whole wide world, but I don't even know what to do with it. No, really, that's what, I know we tell the story, but this is what happened. So I feel, Joe, I mean, I can't post this on Instagram. I, I, this is the most amazing thing ever. I wanted to trend, but I can't tell people because they're going to be inboxing me. They ain't going to comment. They're going to inbox. How that happened, dog? And I'm going to tell them, the Holy Ghost did this. That ain't gonna make you too popular. It's gonna make some people unfriend you, unfollow you. That that ain't that ain't what you wanna do, Joe. So uh, God had to tell him, hey, this ain't got nothing to do with you. This is of the Holy Ghost, and this is why she's bringing forth a son. Uh, she's gonna bring forth a son, and you ain't just gonna call him any and everything. He ain't gonna be Joseph the second. He gonna be Jesus. I don't even have time to talk about that, about what we name our children. He ain't going to be Joe number two. He ain't going to be Junior. He ain't going to be Trey. He ain't going to be Deuce running around. He's going to be Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. He borrowed time. He borrowed a body. He borrowed parents. So let's go through the childhood of Jesus just one moment. I I'm getting us to the cross. I'm going there. I know I ain't gave you a subject. I know we ain't flipped to a scripture. I'm going there. So, so the childhood of Jesus was like this. In your Bible, you hear about Jesus at his birth. The next time you hear about Jesus is when he is eight days old. Eight days, the, the time of circumcision, when his foreskin is cut off. Eight days, when his name is uh, announced to the public. Eight days 
uh, eight days, the number eight, new beginning. We don't hear about Jesus again until he is 12 years old when he is, when they are traveling and they, they, they coming from a meeting just like this. They, they coming from an afternoon meeting and the Bible says that the meeting got so good that Jesus decided he was going to stay after a little bit at church and everybody then loaded up the church bus and they about to roll out and they rolled out and they said, oh my God, where's Jesus? And Jesus is a church kid. He's still chilling in the house of God and then we don't hear about Jesus again until he is 30 years old and my question always was what in the world was Jesus doing between the age of 12 and the age of 30 that's kind of how I read the Bible I'm thinking that's a long time in between there and your Bible tells you in St. Luke chapter 2 verse 52 that Jesus grew I, I wish <laughs> I wish I wish I had I, I wish I almost wish this wasn't Good Friday because I knew that today I was coming to preach to people who you already thought you knew the story. I almost wish this wasn't Good Friday. So I would tell you that even in your absence of people and they think that you died, they ain't even smart enough to know all you're doing is growing silently. They don't even have a revelation that it might not be popular right now and nobody might know my name right now, but I'm growing. Your Bible tells you that he grew in wisdom and in stature. He had four different growth spurts. He grew down because he grew in wisdom. The Bible says he grew in stature so he grew up. He grew in because he grew in with God and he grew out because he grew out with man. I wish I would tell you that while I'm hiding, I ain't hindered. I'm not lost. I'm not forgotten. God is just making me for where he's taking. We in church, aren't we? Give your neighbor a high five and say he's making me. I might not look like much now but he's making me. So, there were those silent years, 18 silent years, but catch this, the word silent is spelled S-I-L-E-N-T, and during those silent years, God had, Jesus had one instruction in the earth, and that was to listen. Okay, I know, I know it just went like that. So during the silent years, the 18 silent years, he had one instruction to listen. I know it just went like that. So for the third time, you got to understand that silent and listen are spelled with the same letters in a different arrangement. So during the silent years, my question to you is, is that while you are not in the limelight, while you are not on stage, while you are not in your place of destiny, can God continue to develop you? Will you commit to listen and to grow while, while nobody's talking about you? And you know, everybody was there for the first prophecy and the public prophecy. They all were there. But can you continue to listen and grow when there's no prophet around when your pastor's not patting you on your back when nobody is singing your praises can you hold on to what God said when you cannot see what he said okay so he borrowed he borrowed time he borrowed a body he borrowed parents and so he has this great earthly ministry that at 30, he starts this earthly ministry publicly because he did not start before he was prepared for what he was born to do. I don't have time to work this, but if I did, I would share with you that you are born to do something, but preparation is never a waste of time. 
I wish I had a I wish I had a praise in church. Preparation is never a waste of time because my concern is is that people would rather function in what they were born to do uh, for years, but they won't prepare. Can you explain to me why God prepared Jesus for thirty years for a three and a half year ministry, and you barely want to read three and a half hours to do something for thirty years, and you expect to retire from? Why in the world? If the Word of God Himself, the fulfillment of all humanity and divinity, prepared for thirty years just to do something for three and a half years what makes you think you can skip the process I'm talking for all I'm talking to all my people not us it's people we know who want success by, by way of a shortcut it doesn't happen that way I'm, I'm gonna get off that because that's the castor oil and we got to get the nice flowery message so he 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 is he's doing his ministry and while doing his ministry he is sold out by someone in his circle y'all know he is sold out not by somebody on the outside because see I'm very, there are three types of people in your life, probably more, I'll talk about three today. They're your friends, they're your enemies, and they're your frenemies. Now, your friends are kind of easy, you know they like you, you got it, you know that. Your enemies are kind of easy, you know they don't like you, I'm not closing my eyes around you, I'm not turning my back because I may have to kill you because you're trying to kill me. I get that, I know, I know how my friends think about me, I know how you think about me. My concern are my frenemies, those who are close enough to me to do harm, but far enough away not to be caught you you don't hear me we, we all have them and so Judas was close enough to do harm and then kissed him and at the point of the kiss and I love Jesus because Jesus did not rebuke Judas he said whatever you gonna do Juju do it quickly and he said, do it quickly. No, for two, for two reasons. You, you got to know how to handle your frenemies. You, you got to handle them. He says, do it quickly because you are going to be, you're going to go quickly to your demise. Well, I'm going quickly to my destiny. I ain't going to stop and deal with you. Whatever you got to do to me, do it, do it quickly. You know, in the world, we do it this way. If you're going to get me, you better get me. You better take me out because if I come back, Jesus is like, uh-uh. I got a mission. I know I'm only borrowing time. I ain't trying to stay here forever. So, so do what you're going to do so I can go ahead and go back into eternity. Do it quickly. And so Jesus borrowed time. He borrowed a body. He borrowed parents. But now he's at the point, number four, he's got to borrow a cross. <laughs> the Bible says here in Luke chapter 23 verses 32 through 43 you can read it in your, in your spare time it basically talks about the fact how Jesus died the death of a criminal and I know you, you sit in a good Bible teaching church so I don't have to bore you with the details to understand that the death of crucifixion was as though capital punishment is today it was almost like dying by the gas chamber today and the thing was the only thing they got Jesus on was that he healed people 
No, really. He, 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 he didn't sleep with anybody. You know, stuff that we think is a real big deal in the church. You slept with somebody and got somebody pregnant. He didn't sleep with anybody. He ain't steal their money. He didn't commit a Ponzi scheme. He healed people. Oh, yeah, but he healed people on the day that the church people didn't think that people should be healed. Who in the world gave you the authority to determine when somebody else can be healed, when they can be saved, when they can be delivered, when they can be set free? He healed people. He fed them. Man, you mean to tell me that ain't a bad gig? No, coming to church and you get a meal? Come on, that's not a bad. I'm going to church. <laughs> he healed people. He, he fed people. He gave people hope in life. May I tell you why Jesus was hung on the cross? Because I, I want to make it as simple as possible. Jesus was hung on the cross because whatever he did was outside of the system. Let, let, me, let, me, let me work that for a moment. Do you not know that people are fine with you being blessed, being promoted, being married, getting new houses, getting new cars, all that kind of stuff, as long as they can say they have something to do with it? Come on, class. Do, do you not know that as long as you don't be blessed beyond the system, you cool? It's only when you, when you show the system that you really don't need the system, that the system has a problem with it. Have you ever noticed that with your friends? As long as you're doing well, but you're not doing as well as them, they are fine with that. The problem that they had with Jesus is that Jesus was not only doing well but he was helping other people to do well beyond the system and he did that because the Savior never needed the system come on Holy Ghost so they put him on a cross and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they pierced him in his side and so all of these, the, the crown of thorns was a sign of mockery. And it was, it was a sign of mockery of prophecy because where there are thorns, there are roses. Come on, class. So if he is the rose of Sharon, they dare would not acknowledge him as that, but they would at least put crowns, uh, a crown of thorns on his head to know that in order to have a, to, in order to enjoy a rose, you gotta prick and cut the thorns. And so they made a whole crown of thorns and they matted it on his head and they called him king of the Jews. The mistake that they made though y'all was that kings sit on thrones not crosses <laughs> I feel God in the building uh, kings sit on thrones not crosses so you gotta know that the cross was being borrowed because if he really is the king he's got a throne somewhere <laughs> so in order for him to have been king in the earth he needed to borrow something else as well. So not only did he borrow a cross, you will understand that he borrowed a cross because there were two who were on the cross. And you know the whole Sunday school story that they released, uh, they, they release a prisoner and then they take a prisoner. And that was Barabbas who they released. And the Bible says the pictures that we see, the pictures that we see are that there are three crosses and, and two people actually were guilty and Jesus is in the middle. How? From the pictures that we see. And they're having this exchange. But he still borrowed a cross. And I know he borrowed a cross 
cross because of the conversation that he had with the people who really belong on the cross. And the man said, I really believe that you are who you say that you are. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And I know we just read the Bible because we just read it. But what he was telling them was, dog, this is just a borrowed cross for me. But from this day forward, wherever I am, you're going to be a part of the posse in the kingdom. So he borrowed time, he borrowed a body, he borrowed parents, he borrowed a cross, but he also borrowed a crown. He borrowed a crown. I just told you, I'm in St. John chapter 19, verses 1 through 3. Uh, then Pilate took Jesus, uh, scourged him, and the soldiers uh, matted a crown of thorns on his head and gave him a purple robe and shouted, Hell! Uh, king of the Jews and they punched him with their hands because the thorns represented the curse which came from sin so it wasn't just it wasn't just an accident it represented sin he was crowned not with glory. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost there. He, he was crowned not with glory, but he was crowned with what represented sin. Come on, Nelson. Uh, and, and so you got to understand then that sinners were considered to be worthless. So Jesus became worthless so that we could become worthy in him. What a, what a mighty God we serve. He, he became worthless so that we could become worthy in him. He, he said, I'll, I'll deal with, I left a throne in eternity and I left a crown to borrow a crown that represented something that I only represent in sin but if I don't do it let, let, let me let me let me let me tell it to you this way Jesus understood that pain is temporary but victory is permanent he borrowed a crown let me go to the next one but he also borrowed a tomb okay so now it's good Friday like it is today and they have now taken him off of the cross and y'all know the story and they took him off the cross but he needed somewhere to go and it was Joseph of Arimathea uh, who was a disciple of Jesus but he was a secret disciple because of fear of the Jews I, I really if I had time to talk about that I talk about silent Christians I'm concerned about silent Christians you close enough to get the blessing but you far enough away that you don't want to be associated with them that's, that's what happened with Joseph of Arimathea and I ain't going to pick on anybody today because I know that everybody in this room y'all all in. But but I, I know some people and I've pastored some people who have been silent Christians. They want to be close enough to get the fish and the loaves, but they want to be far enough away so that if, if things fell apart and things went to hell, they can just walk the other way and say, it wasn't me. I wasn't with them. And Joseph of Arimathea, he said, oh, I'll take the body of Jesus. And he prepared him and he wrapped him up because Joseph's desire of the body of Jesus was an expression of his faith in Jesus. It really was. He said, I'll take them. But I always wondered, Joe, if you're going to let Jesus use your tomb, then what are you going to use when you need it? I don't know. That's how I read the Bible. Now, Joseph of Arimathea was very rich, so he could have easily purchased another plot. But I think Joseph knew something that we ain't know. <laughs> I think I think Joe knew that uh, 
One, I think he knew. Now, now you got to understand where Joseph's tomb was. Joseph's tomb, your Bible tells you in St. John chapter 19, it was in a garden. Because I just told you a moment ago that Jesus is the rose of Sharon. And it makes sense that you place roses in gardens. Before they get in vases, they, they came from gardens. So that it makes sense that Jesus would be born in the garden. But I always wonder why Joseph, if you're going to give Jesus your tomb, buddy, uh, what you going to use when your time comes? But pastor, I believe that Joseph of Arimathea, he understood uh, that Jesus would only need his tomb for the weekend. <laughs> you, you don't hear what I'm telling you. He, he, he understood that he would only need the tomb for the weekend because Jesus not only borrowed time, he borrowed a body, he borrowed parents, he bought the cross, he bought a crown, he bought a tomb. But the last thing I think he bought, so I can close the message, is that I think he borrowed sin. Uh, he's all righteous, so there was no sin in him. Even the governmental official said, I find no fault in him. There was no sin in him. Your Bible tells you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse number 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus became what he was not so we could become what we were not. All right. I think I'll say it again that Jesus, because that was the whole, that, that was a good part of the message right there, that Jesus became what he was not uh, so that we could become uh, what we were not. So, so Jesus borrowed uh, at least seven things that I've highlighted today. He borrowed time. He borrowed a body. He borrowed uh, parents. He borrowed the cross. He borrowed a crown. He borrowed a tomb and he borrowed sin. And may I submit to you, this is where I really wanted to go. Jesus borrowed all those things in order to make one purchase. That's where I wanted to go with the message. I thank you for indulging me all, all this time. I told you that when you borrow something, you use it with the intent of returning it, but when you purchase it, you hold it as your own. Jesus borrowed all those things to make one purchase. Since you haven't opened your Bibles yet today, can you open your Bible right quickly to Acts chapter 20, verse 28? Can you open your Bible to Acts chapter 20, verse 28? This is what your Bible tells you in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, at the end of the verse, I don't want you to miss it, at the end of the verse, the Bible says that he has purchased us with his own blood. Jesus borrowed all that stuff just to make one purchase, and he purchased us with his own blood. Nelson, where did you get that? The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, that therefore by the offense of one judgment came all to all men and condemnation but by the righteousness of one the free gift came unto all men by justification of life for as by one man's disobedience uh, we were made many were made sinners but by one man's obedience many were made righteous he borrowed all those things just 
to make one purchase and the purchase tap yourself and say he paid for me uh, today I wanted to tell you that he paid for you uh, that he bought all those things just to make one purchase uh, just to establish good credit uh, to pay for you uh, the Bible says he did not purchase us with somebody else's blood uh, that was the time that he chose to do it himself uh, yeah he borrowed time yeah he borrowed uh, parents yeah he borrowed a body yeah he bought a cross yeah he bought a tomb yeah he bought a crown yeah he bought sin but he ain't borrow you he thought that you and I were worth saving and when nothing else could help it was love that lifted you so maybe you'll praise God if I talk about you for a moment it was you who he hung on the cross for it was you who he made a purchase for it was you who he said you're worth dying for and not only are you worth dying for but you're worth being laughed at you're worth being ridiculed you're worth being paid top dollar for cause when life used you when people used you when friends used you they brought you back to the store they put you on a discount shelf but I'm glad to know that God goes shopping in the discounts area of humanity I'm glad to know that God goes shopping and not only does he go shopping for the discounted stuff but he has the audacity to pay full price I'm glad to know that what other people wrote off and what other people marked down God said I'll pay full price for it and I'll buy it with my own blood and that's why we tell them behold the lamb that was slain the lamb was slain just about little bitty me can somebody thank God for the blood when you if you need a title for today's message it is proof of purchase proof of purchase when you make a purchase most places they give you a receipt they give you a receipt so if by chance you would like to return it for a refund or return it for an exchange you don't have to share with us everything about your life just give the receipt and they can take it from there <laughs> the cross the cross isn't just a symbol of his suffering because some people wear crosses around your neck and if that's you that's cool I'm not talking about you some people wear crosses with Jesus on it some people wear crosses without Jesus on it I'm not attacking what you do that's my disclaimer I am saying that the cross isn't just a symbol of his suffering it is the bloody receipt of your redemption it's the bloody receipt of your redemption he paid full price for you 
And I would like to tell you, the part of the receipt that the blood covers is the return policy and the exchange policy. Because he paid for you in full up front. No, your Bible tells you that while you were yet sinners, he died for you. He, he paid for you in full up front and had the audacity to dip the receipt in blood so that the blood would cover the return policy and the exchange policy. And the only part that was clear was paid in full. Because he, no matter what you do, he has no intentions of returning you, of refunding you, of exchanging you, because he knew what you were going to do. And he still said, that one is <laughs> Now, if that doesn't make you praise God just for what it did for you, I don't know what else to do. Before you ever did anything, before I ever did anything, he purchased us. He couldn't become the lion of the tribe of Judah until he first became the lamb of God. But since he already became the Lamb of God, now we can brag about being the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And now we have victory in every area of our lives. And now we have something to look forward to. And now it doesn't make a difference what tries to bury us. We got the audacity to think that we can get back up and that we can be resurrected because of the purchase. Just one, just one. He borrowed at least seven things to make one purchase. No, really. I, I was up this morning. I'm, I'm balancing checkbooks, paying bills, moving receipts around, threw a couple of receipts away. I said, oh, no, I want to keep this one. I'm about to throw another receipt away. And the Holy Ghost told me in that moment, he said, that's the same thing I did with the receipt I paid for y'all. I was cleaning stuff out in heaven and in earth and what Adam had messed up and the disobedience and the judgment of others. But he said, just before I threw that one, I said, oh, I want to keep that one. I, I paid for that with my own blood. It wasn't on a credit card. I ain't borrow money from anybody. I paid for that myself. Everybody stand with me, please. I'm out of time. I'm not out of word. I ain't feel pressure to preach anything new. Y'all know this story? One purchased. One. I want you to think in moments of low self-esteem. I want you to think in moments when you don't think that you're worth it. Now, I know nobody does that on purpose. I know, I know nobody does that on purpose, but I didn't live long enough, and I've preached to enough people, and I've counseled enough people, and I've pastored enough people to know that you can be made up on the outside and messed up on the inside. So, so with that in mind, I want you to remember during those times, because I've had moments that I've held the mic, and I've been preaching people into victory, and I have felt defeated myself. I told God, as soon as I put this mic down, you don't ever have to give it back to me again. I've said it many days. Today is not that day. But I've said it many days. And he had to remind me, but I loved you enough that I purchased you with my own blood. I ain't borrowed my stepdaddies. I ain't borrowed my mamas. 
I didn't borrow my brothers. I paid with my own blood. Blood that cannot be duplicated, blood that can be not be replicated. It is the only blood that fits every blood type that any, any kind of sin you will commit, that there is a blood transfusion just for you. That is a wonderful thing to think that it was just, just for you. I know we know every sort of resurrection song around. I'm not going to bore you and insult you with that. But I want you to think of how special you are, that God's love is inclusive and exclusive. I'll prove it to you. He loves everybody, so it's inclusive. But yet it's exclusive because you can just take it just for you and not feel bad and not be jealous because he loves somebody else and he shows them love that way and he shows them love that way and he shows you love the way you need to be loved and so while I'm too, I'm too busy basking in the love that he is showing to me than to be mad at the love that he's showing for you because God's love is inclusive and exclusive at the same time different from parents because if parents are showing love to one child one child might feel neglected yeah, that's your favor you, you like him more than you like me you like her you always you ain't buy me a car I'm sorry at the time you were, a, you were able to drive we ain't had the money to buy you a car we didn't come on up since then I, I wasn't a, it was because I was the firstborn. It was no it was because we were broke at the time baby it ain't had nothing to do with that we got a little coinage now we got a pie now. We had a piece when you were a child. We got a pie now. He did it just for you. And the proof of the purchase is the cross. The cross should look differently to you today. It is not just a symbol of his suffering, but it is the bloody receipt for your redemption. He paid full price. He took a gamble on you. He put... I don't want to lessen it and disrespect it, but he put his money on you when you wouldn't put your money on you. And I mean that with all due respect. I'm not trying to lessen what he did on the cross, but I wanted to say it so you can get, he put his money on you when you, when you wouldn't invest in you, he invested in you. What a mighty God we serve. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you today for this awesome opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for being in the house of the Lord Consuming Fire Christian Center. I pray, Lord, that for these people who have come from the north, the south, the east, and the west today, I wasn't trying to be impressive, but I was trying to make an impression, a mark that will not soon be erased. I pray, Lord, for the people who are watching us streaming and that they were blessed and that the word of God reached them through the airwaves and the wires, that we know that what you did, it was just for us. And we don't ever want to live carelessly that we forget what you did. It wasn't just blood. It was your blood. And we thank you. Your blood changed our blood so we'd be like you. And we thank you. And the best way to say thank you is to live our lives like we've been purchased. To live our lives like we really are God's property. And we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for going shopping in the discounted section of humanity. When people wrote us off and when people marked us down. And you said you'd pay the original price and interest. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. 
It's a debt that we can never repay, but it's a debt that we will forever have. And so the least we can do is say thank you. And the least that we can do as the old school church says is that we want to live so you can use us anywhere and anytime. Place a special blessing on this place, Consuming Fire Christian Center, so that every person who will walk through any door in this church will be consumed by the fire and the faith and the favor of God. In the name of Jesus, in every believing heart said amen. Thank you.